You're listening to the Liquid Flannel Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matthew Hodges in Arlington, Texas, and with me as always is Chuck Williams in Lincoln, Nebraska. Chuck, thanks hey. for being here. Hey, everyone. Glad to be here. Yeah. Uh, so we're not recording a proper episode tonight. Brendan's out of town, and we're still trying to figure out uh, what this week's going to be. But Chuck and I had a good long conversation about the Florida shooting and uh, some of the other ramifications and considerations with that and we wanted to share that with you so uh just to let you know we're not going to do a ton of editing on this track so there may be a little background noise or i think my phone goes off at one point but um it but it's it's a good discussion and uh we wanted to make sure that that we got it to our listening audience and you can look forward to a proper episode coming up here pretty soon that's right So last week we gave the listeners, the audience, um, a little bit of the beat on what's going on in Lincoln, Nebraska with the Dan Cleave situation on campus, also known as the white nationalist guy. We do have updates to that uh, in a little bit here, but something kind of in the same vein that we do need to talk about is the shooting that happened down in was it West Florida? So Yeah, yeah, outskirts of Miami, I think. Yeah, it was a shooting at a high school. I don't have the details in front of me right now. Sure, surely everybody listening to the show knows that this happened on, on Valentine's <laughs> Day. We're, we're yeah. recording the day after. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. So this um, the shooting happens. It's at a high school. It's this 19-year-old kid. uh last name Cruz or something like that. And yeah, Nicholas Cruz. Nicholas, Nicholas Cruz. A, which ended up being important to some of the fake information that was floating around out there. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure there's a story for everything there. But this kid pulled a fire alarm at the school. He First of all, he was expelled from the school, but he pulled a fire alarm, and as people were leaving, started shooting at people. Then was, I guess, in the hallway and shot into classrooms, etc. And then ran away, pretended to be like one of the students in the crowd and run away. And was caught somewhere off the school property later. Um, But this kid, it was found out almost immediately, you know, that this guy was had essentially been voted most likely to commit a school shooting. He had kind of labeled himself that online among other things, but said that he was going to be a professional school shooter. That kind of bullshit. There were were a couple of different Instagram accounts that people found before they got taken down where it was him taking pictures of guns and knives and posting, uh, you know, alt-right style memes, uh, Classmates said that he used to wear, you know, T-shirts that were not when they say patriotic T-shirts, that makes it sound like you're wearing like an American flag Mm T-shirt. But it sounds like what they meant was, you know, white nationalist stuff, Um, you know, very, very opposed to Islam. There are other social media posts where he's, you know, making fun of Muslims and uh, wearing a mega hat. Yeah, right. Um, but after, you know, about a day after the shooting, a guy goes on television, a white nationalist leader of this group down in Florida, um, and basically claims that this kid was part of the group or had gone to marches or other activities with the group and, then within the same day walked it back you know said i think i was tired when i was talking about this or i might have lied or something like that which immediately right should be a fucking crime if you're lying to the police you know i mean you're you're either a part of this now or you committed the crime of lying to the police so i'm hoping that some justice will happen there did he lie to the police or did he just uh did he just confirm that with the media oh maybe it was no that's correct you're right you're right okay uh he confirmed it with the media 
but so I'm looking up I'm looking up the guy's name right now because apparently he has it's like Jeb uh, or something. Uh, yeah, it's Jerob. Jerob. Uh, what's his name? Jordan Jerob. Is Jordan his name. Jerob. Yeah. Jordan Jerob, uh, believed to be the leader of the ROF, which is the Republic of Florida, which is a <laughs> um, like like an up and coming white supremacy, uh, white ethno state promoting organization, you know, yeah. consider themselves to be like a paramilitary uh, sort of organization. But apparently this guy has a reputation even among the like the alt right and other white supremacists as being he's like the little kid who wants to sit at the big kids table. Well, of course, that, he's 19 fucking years old, but right. Yeah. Well, and, uh, you know, just is not is is so transparently like thirsty for attention. Um, I know the uh, sure. Anti-Defamation League had been doing a report on various hate groups, and he was outraged that the Republic of Florida was left off the list and apparently contacted them a bunch of times saying, like, what about us? We're a hate group. Right. We need we, to be on this. <laughs> we hate people. Put us on right. the, put us on the map. Literally on the map, the hate map, you know. <laughs> so I mean uh, Liquid Flannel uh hates a bunch of people too, but you know, we're not contacting the ADL to uh try to get hate group status. <laughs> well, right. But you know, this guy had multiple weapons, all bought legally, of course. Uh mm-hmm. but one of the weapons he had was an AR fifteen, or at least of that's course. what's been reported in the media. Yeah, it's um, the it's the weapon of choice, right? I mean, it's yeah, it's fairly easily available. Um, it's it's legal all over the place, and um, it gets the job done clearly. Yeah, evidently. But you know, it all ties back a little bit to what we've been discussing in Nebraska with Daniel Cleave, because a Newsweek article came out this week. I think it was Michael. Uh, Erickson Hayden, Michael Michael Edison Hayden. So the article okay. was uh, the the lead in Newsweek. Um, Nebraska white supremacist who praises violence poses unique challenges to campus free speech. So that was the article, um, and in that article, Newsweek's uh, you know reporter had reached out to one of Dan Cleve's former roommates. Calvin Scott, who's a black guy, and talked to him and a friend of Calvin's. A real real odd couple situation. Yeah, you know, it seems like, you know, perfect strangers or some shit from hell. (laughs) But, yeah, it was... uh, So they got paired up, and that just flipped my wig to begin with. But they lived together from, like, October to December before Dan Cleave moved out. But... In the article, they had reported that he had guns out in common living spaces, and one of them being an AR-15. Now, Cleve swears he doesn't own that type of gun, and of course, the follow-up question was, well, do you own a gun like that, to which he did not respond, and you know, <laughs> reminded them that all of his weapons were legally purchased. Because so, that was the question. Right. So here we've got another guy, another person with extremist white nationalist views that has legally purchased a whole bunch of guns that is part of white nationalist groups or considered on the fringe or lone wolf style. What yeah, white national adjacent white national group adjacent. Exactly. You know, so. And yet the university still doesn't believe that this poses any kind of threat two students on campus so that that's uh that's somewhat mind-blowing but here we have events unfolding in florida the kind of events that people are trying to prevent up here in nebraska and they have some strikingly similar you know there's some similarities there so yeah and and to be clear i mean we're not i think it would be you know, a, a slanderous statement to say that, you know, Dan Cleave is a, a school shooter in the making. As All much as orphans know. are murderers. That's <laughs> that's what we're trying to say. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Um, obviously, he's not a school shooter in the making, but 
he is dancing. But, you know, the, the similarities are striking, like you said, and it goes along. It's part and parcel with, and we've talked about it on the show before, the, the radicalization of white young men into this ethno-nationalism. You know, it, it may start with, uh, you know, just just being, you know, ironically edgy on 4chan or something. But, you know, we know that white nationalist organizations and people who are advocating for violence against minorities and, you know, creating, you know, basically committing genocide in the United States, they are targeting people of this age group and they know exactly how to hook them. They they play on the normal insecurities that, you know, a, a young white man has during that stage of his life. And that's right. their foot in the door. And then they start telling you, you know, eventually the solution gets to be like, well, the, you know, also, have you thought about how, you know, diversity and the Jews and, you know, globalism are are all wrapped up into the into the the grievances you feel you have. Right. Right. Into that manosphere, misogyny, all of it. Yeah. All yeah, of it absolutely. rolled into one. Um, so. I mean, what's what's scary about it is, you know, I, I said on the last episode and it's it's a true legal evaluation. Um, it's not a statement of my own you know, values about the thing. But up until the point someone is making an explicit threat, you know, you can say the most horrific. Uh, you know, just hateful shit. And you're still protected by the First Amendment. The, well, the state can't act against you. Right. But the thing is, with this Newsweek article, it suggests also that this dude did make threatening statements, not only to groups, but to individuals. So let me pull it up the, here. The, the, right. Right. But it's the difference between, I mean, in the case of the Florida uh, shooter, alleged shooter, you know, it's the difference between saying, you know, I'm going to major in school shooting with a minor in being a media celebrity uh, and I'm going to go to this place at this time and, and do this or this person needs to watch out because I'm I'm after them or something like that. You know, what do you mean? Say that part again. I mean, in terms of in ter the difference between protected speech and unprotected speech, you know, like the the Florida shooter may have said that I'm, you know, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to go down in history as a great school shooter, but that's, that's a nonspecific threat. It's, it's threatening language, but it's not specific enough to rise to the level of being able to actually act on it. Well, if it was a private school, they could, you know, Oh, I mean, sure. And yeah, private school can set whatever, <clears throat> whatever restrictions on speech they want. That's well, how, you know, like, Bob Jones University students aren't allowed to, you know, go on dates or whatever. But the thing is, but, you know, there are public schools, public high schools that require you to wear a uniform. And if you don't wear that uniform, you don't get to say, I'm expressing myself a different way. You have to wear that uniform, you know. So there are, are there public schools uniforms. I mean, I know I know that a lot of public schools institute a dress code. Well, that's not okay. quite the same thing as, as making someone buy a uniform. That okay. Well, even in the dress code situation, <laughs> if you violate the dress code, you can be sent home. You sure. Know? So if you violate the code of conduct, you can be sent home. It can even just be you have to take your credits via online or something, but you cannot be on campus. I mean, that's not. There are things that the university can do that are within the framework of the constitution or that could be legally proven to only be narrowly tailored enough for the prurient interest or whatever legal bullshit, you know, that everyone's <laughs> looking for. But seriously, like they can do something here and they're not. And I mean, I'm, I'm not sure they can though. That's, well, that's the, that's the problem I have with this, this line of reasoning is it, you can, the re the reason that, that public high schools can require a dress code is because that's, it's content neutral. It applies equally to everyone. I mean, and, and you do it by saying, you know, you can't wear a T-shirt that has anything printed on it, you know. That, but what that does is it makes it so, you know, nobody can 
Uh, well, but our high schools, you it, could wear printed things, but it couldn't be certain printed things, you know. I mean, we could wear a screen printed like basketball t-shirt to school, but my friend tried to wear a Marilyn Manson shirt that said, I'm the Lord of fuck, and he couldn't wear that. And right. You know, there's there are di- there are differences, and if it got pushed to it, the law would you know it would not be unconstitutional. But the thing is, in this situation, we don't even have to go there because they've got all the other demonstrations that this dude is violent. So that that's the main thing. I mean. This dude has been expressing violence off of campus, and there are witnesses that are saying that this dude has expressed violence on, you know, within the state. So, or expressed the wish to be violent or threatening to somebody in the state. So, now we're yeah. We I at? mean, you, you can you can write it into the the student code. I just don't know if it passes constitutional muster, but. You know, the 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 other way you could go with this is some really idiotic suggestions like what I saw, uh, you know, I mentioned before that my gym always plays Fox News and they had one of the sheriffs of the county where the, the shooting took place on Fox News today saying that the cops need to have the ability to look through people's social media. And if they see things like somebody, um, you know, taking pictures of weapons and saying, I don't, it, they would end up doing it by like search words, right? So like school shooting or something mm-hmm. that they should be able to go and arrest that person and take them in for a, a mandatory mental health screening, which look in the, in the heated, I think somebody should have definitely looked at that kid's phone, you know? Somebody should have definitely said, give me your phone. I need to look through it. And it's not just because everybody's being emotional, but it's because somebody reported him to the freaking FBI five months ago. That should be reasonable suspicion enough for you to do this. If it was a black guy that was following too closely, that's reasonable suspicion to go through his entire vehicle. This yeah, was but my whole point is, Chuck, my whole point is that for one thing, I'm not sure that that actually is accordance with the Fourth Amendment. And secondly, you know that if you give the cops the ability to go through your social media and your phone on demand. Not on demand. People, not on demand. It's if you have been reported because you have been declared a threat by somebody. Okay, but anybody could abuse that, that system. Right. I mean, We're seeing people at, abuse you know, the SWAT system. And, Absolutely. Right. So I don't think that giving the cops more power to I mean, basically what you're going to end up doing is making it possible for sheriffs in conservative counties to trawl. You know, they get an anonymous tip that some labor organizer or somebody who's advocating for gay rights or people of color or even feminism. And look at the way people freak out when some feminist on Twitter tweets, you know, hashtag kill all men or hashtag, you know, male genocide or whatever. All right. Well, and, I mean, and those people get suspended from from Twitter for a thing that is either letting off steam or obvious irony, regardless of your your thoughts on the uh, regardless of anyone's thoughts on the the humorous value of that kind of irony. That's how it's intended, right? Wow. It's not an actual threat towards somebody. But, you know, you don't think that, like, the alt-right would immediately launch onto every single person that they don't like on social media and start mass reporting people who are doing good work who maybe use a, an unfortunate turn of okay, phrase. right. But and the you thing, give the cops that power. There has to be criteria. There has to be criteria. I mean, we can't just say, man, this is going to be so hard that I guess we can't do anything. Because, you know, we live in a society, post-9-11 society, man. All those those rules are out the window. It's like 
with yeah, but that's with a the bad fi- thing. It's a I'm bad not, thing. I'm not okay with that either. Okay, I'm not okay with that. But they did it, and the and it didn't necessarily make us safer. But they used it as their excuse to get into everybody's things. Now, yeah, I'm absolutely. not. I'm not okay they use with it that. As their excuse to go to mosques and try to entrap young Muslim men, and that is far less of a realistic threat to an American than an unstable 19-year-old that's having girl trouble and has a whole buttload of legal guns. Oh, by the way, and hates all kinds of minorities and different religious groups, makes it known and posts, you know, all this shit on the social media and gets reported to the FBI. That's I cool. Don't disagree. I mean, I don't you disagree know that there are red flags. I'm saying that I don't think that the solution here is to give the cops more ability. You to think dig that into this kid wouldn't have met a high threshold to, you know, I mean, do you think that this would have just been a slip through the cracks thing? Like, even if we had a strict, strict, narrowly tailored thing, you you don't think that you think innocent people would get caught up in that? I think innocent people would constantly get caught up in it because I don't believe that the law enforcement is actually on the side of the people who are against white supremacy. Well, they absolutely are on the side of the people that are – well, they're on the side of the people that are about white supremacy. I mean – That's what I'm saying. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So, I, I think that any any law that makes it even more possible for them to fuck with people based but, on stuff that they put on social media – is going to boomerang back around on just the people that they don't like their political views. Okay, but here's the thing. I mean, it's like because we're in the situation where the cops are on the side of white supremacy, which we saw in California, the Guardian just had an article about how the cops worked with white nationalist groups to go after anti-racist protesters, you know, like they coordinated and expressed sympathies with those groups. So yeah, absolutely. So this guy Scott, uh, who lived with Cleve from mid October uh, to the start of December, told Newsweek that he had an AR-15 assault rifle that he kept in common areas of the apartment. Uh, Scott's friend said she saw the weapon as well, but thought it was a shotgun. She admitted not to know much about firearms, while Scott claimed to have a better understanding of them. Um, he denied, you know, Cleve denied owning the guns. Scott said he didn't report to the police about threats Cleve made because he didn't trust them to do their job, but he reported his roommate to the housing complex asking for a separation. A report issued by the administration of their housing complex and given to Newsweek confirmed that Scott had expressed concerns about his roommate at the time he lived with Cleve. The relationship right. ended when Cleve moved out. Cleve claimed Scott was making up stories about him. Yeah, sure. So, so I mean, that's that, but that's a thing that should have been, you know, addressed at the time. Like, I, I wonder. What do you mean? I wonder how they're. Well, I mean, when was that? When were they roommates together? Uh, from October to December. Oh, of just twenty seventeen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so this is this is after he's already been to Charlottesville, right? <laughs> you know, I mean. This guy didn't express concerns to the police because he was afraid that the police weren't going to do their job. Yeah, sure. Well, well, I mean, and now in the aftermath of the the Florida school shooting, we know that that's true. And in the aftermath of California, we know that that's true. So so now, yeah. Yeah, We're in a situation where, as a black person... Giving the cops more power to fuck with people is is a is an imperfect solution because the the potential for abuse is way too rife and sure but since we the, know that they're not going to do anything about healthcare, we know they're not going to do anything about guns we know they're not going to do anything about anything except make more weapons available i mean are people that yeah it, it's just well, bullshit. I mean, and, and again, like remember this this sheriff, this particular thing he was saying, that was something that was run on Fox News. I didn't see it anywhere else, you what know. You which about? means what do you this mean? is the the sheriff advocating for the social media prying and the like mandatory. You know, I'm sure he wants be able to arrest somebody and bring them in for an involuntary mental health screening. You know, you got to remember, like this was this was stuff that was intended for a conservative audience this is their solution instead of 
Yeah, because you're right. You know, mental health services aren't profitable, which means anybody who has their fingers in the the health insurance debate, uh, on the money side at least, doesn't want to enhance mental health services. Well, they do, but they just want you to go bankrupt. Half of the Congress is purchased by the National Rifle Association. You know, uh, one of the more satisfying things was watching Marco Rubio do his, you know, basically boilerplate, you know, prayers and concerns tweet. And everybody was just replying with, you know, three point three million dollars, three point three million dollars, three point three million dollars. And but it's not going to matter because people are going to vote for him. And even if people don't vote for him, things are so gerrymandered that he can still win. You know, the point is, is that even if it's outlandish to just round people up based on what they say on social media, I don't think it's outlandish. If you reported somebody made terroristic threats to the FBI, you're go- in this day and age, the reality is you're going to get your social, you should get your social media searched. If you're making threats, this kid's making threats and that. And this kid up here is making threats. You know, the fact that the police don't want to pursue it, people are like, well, it technically doesn't exist. So, you know, we don't have a thing for that. And that's okay because I don't mind watching this country get completely terrorized by its own citizens, but we're not going to do it. (laughs) But if people are just going to say, well, there's nothing we can constitutionally do. There's nothing we can legally do. Well, then that's cool. Then I, I get what I want either way. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't want to see I, kids I, die. This is I, I hate getting this upset about this kind of shit. But I hate also feeling like people are saying that there's nothing we can do. It, this kid was a, a clear pro- clear enough problem to be kicked out of school, clear enough problem to be reported to the FBI. You have to believe that it would be within your God's within the constitutional rights of people that this kid had his social media searched yes or no to have it searched for what reason i mean for one thing for making threats and being reported to the fbi okay it was all it was all uh for one thing that was all publicly available so there's not necessarily a like a fourth amendment violation there because it's just on the internet you can just look at it right um but when it comes to how you act on that. I mean, I have grave concerns about the different follow-ups. What this guy was saying was, based on someone's social media posts, we ought to be able to detain them and subject them to uh, an involuntary mental health screening. But, we're, but you're, we're skipping what I'm actually saying, which is, given that this person was reported as dangerous to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, and had these things within the public domain that this kid would not be subject to an interrogation and still be within the constitutional rights, Fourth Amendment, all that kind of stuff. Like, this situation should not have happened. A lot of situations shouldn't happen. I I don't disagree that this situation shouldn't happen, and I don't agree with the people who are saying there's nothing we can do but I am strongly opposed to this particular suggestion. This is something that maybe we could do constitute. I mean, I think you would have to really clear a high hurdle uh, to make it constitutional or at least be able to argue that it is. I think it's a thing that we shouldn't do. I think the potential for abuse is way too high. I mean, we have, you know, way higher than all the people that have died. You know, we we've spoken to members of uh antifa nebraska right um you you think that they aren't widely hated by bad actors who would abuse a reporting system and you think that those dudes are uh, already trying to report them that already happens i mean okay absolutely so then if we give the police the the ability to talking about giving the i'm talking about a a set of criteria that can be applied to a situation. If you have any toothless bastard from Angola, Indiana calling in and saying, yo man, Antifa said they were going to just like murder all the white women. I mean, yeah, it's like, thank you, sir. 
hang up. That that's it. But if someone's like, man, yeah, except this dude is getting that, is my point. What's that? We, we've already we've already talked about how the law enforcement apparatus exists in part to uphold the white supremacist structure, and they actively work with white supremacists. But you can't to do this kind of stuff. Okay, but. Again. Which means we can't trust them with that power. We can't trust that the person on the other end of the line is going to go like, okay, well, toothless guy, but I don't that's... believe you, and hang up. Because what if you get the the FBI ideologue who fucking hates Antifa that's like and decides saying, that, he is, that he's going to put it in? That's like saying we have to let people die because we're afraid of institutional racism. You know, that, which is fine. Like, that doesn't... We know that the cops are racist. We know that the cops are anti, anti-racists. But we also have to try to like protect lives. And well, I don't disagree. But there are other options like than giving what? giving the institution that already failed in Florida. I'm not talking about giving them. I'm talking about more a, power. I'm talking about giving. Dude, if you report to the FBI that someone's a terrorist. They're gonna they're gonna investigate that shit. I mean, I don't I see. I mean, maybe, but they didn't with this guy because yeah. he was white. Right. Which means the only people who are gonna be investigated are, I mean, what what's the you know, the, uh, over a hundred people now killed by people who are affiliated with white supremacy and the alt right. And meanwhile, we're still talking about building a wall and. Uh, the the travel ban just had another uh, circuit court say no, this is unconstitutional. But that's a thing that they're actively pursuing. You know, the the people killed by uh, Muslim terrorists this year in America or last year or you know for a number of years is zero. Right. Um. So it's not like they don't already have the information. You know, I mean the I I remember what was it a, a few months ago when they. Um, uh, the FBI, I think changed their, uh, their reporting, um, or, or came out with a, a big report on like hate groups and terrorist threats in this country. And they added people who advocate for like black identity politics, but right. stopped tracking a bunch of these, uh, white supremacist organizations. Sure. Yeah. So, but, I mean, this this is a problem with enforcement. It's a problem with the people who are enforcing the laws. It's not it's not an issue of if they wanted to, you know, find some reason to, like, tail a kid who uh, seems to be making, you know, active threats against schools in this area. Right. They, they could do that right now. They I just mean, won't. But, you know, we're, we just act like there's no context whatsoever. It's like, I think... Can you post pictures of yourself holding guns and stuff? Absolutely. You know, sure. I, I think if you're posting them at a shooting range or if you're posting yeah, I mean, them I, on I a hunting one, range, you know. I I have one on my on my Facebook right now is me firing a sure. A, a, yeah. But Dylan Roof, you know, posing with like a South African like Rhodesian flag or some shit, you know, like and just holding guns just all willy-nilly at confederate monuments or those kind of things i mean there's things that should be like this is outside the context of normal behavior you know would a, a normal person do this and we have that with obscenity laws you know not everything is going to be able to be codified but within certain degrees of the reasonable person standard we're able to come to certain conclusions you know it's not always done right but for better or for worse, it's the system that there is. So Okay, but, all right, I mean, a couple of thoughts on that. For one thing, I mean, black power advocates absolutely take those same kinds of pictures. Oh, uh, absolutely. But they get, they get cracked down on harder by law enforcement than, like, Dylan Roof is a, sure. is a great example. Like, I, I definitely have seen photos of, like, black political activists holding guns standing in front of, you know, a... Uh, uh, a pan-African flag sure. or something like that, you know? So yeah. if the law enforcement is choosing already to, uh, to apply this, uh, 
you know, disproportionately to people of color or anybody who upsets upsets the capitalist status quo. So, I mean, you know, it's the, the same reason the same reason they infiltrate, you know, DSA meetings, but not some of these uh, uh, compounds out in like Idaho where sure. the actual you know hard Nazis live. Well, you know, because it's not a priority for them. Absolutely, no, that's one hundred percent right. So, I mean, I guess <laughs> we lose. You know, I mean, I don't know. Well, what I, else. I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think there are, like I said, I think there are, there are other solutions. Cool. They're ones that have, you know, it's going to be an uphill battle because you're fighting entrenched interests. But I think certainly, um, you know, trying to trying to rein in the easy access to firearms, um, trying to That's give like better. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. But I mean, you're, you're shaking your head, but I mean, that's, that's, the throwing up your hands and saying nothing can be done about it attitude. <laughs> well, I mean, when you, when that's the number one industry in the country or within the top five industries in the country, the top five exports, in definitely. You know. In terms of uh, what campaign contributions? Well, no. In terms of actual manufacturing in America, in terms of an actual business, but also, you know, in terms of campaign contributions, I have no idea where it's at, but it's probably something obscene, you know. But oh yeah, no, it's ridiculous. I mean, but, again, Marco Rubio and the three point three million dollars, and there was a whole list of people who getting people you know, to, have taken millions of dollars from the NRA over the years, or or other packs that the NRA funds. trying to get the guns that are already out there. That that is, I mean, that's swimming upstream. That that is trying to put the toothpaste back in the tube. That's not going to change the amount of guns in this country. It's not going to change, and it's not going to go down. I mean, well, I think you, could, I think you could keep it from going up anymore. Um, you know, uh, there was a there was an article today. I'll have to cross link it on the on the Twitter, but um, the argument was about um, drug prohibition and how drug prohibition has worked actually exactly one time, and it was with quaaludes. That quaaludes were a thing that. Uh, took a lot of manufacturing power. They're really complicated. It's not a thing that you can just um, like grow in your backyard, like meat or, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> right. Or or just like brew up some some alcohol in your kitchen or whatever. Um, you you need you know there need to be like big industrial pharmaceutical companies making the at least the constituent parts of these uh, in order to make a quaalude, and it had become a a big problem with drug abuse, and so they just. They just banned the manufacture of the the constituent chemicals that make up quaaludes, and people don't do quaaludes anymore. I mean, you can you can still get them a little bit, but yeah, it's you not, can still get you know, them. And those people are doing other stuff now. I mean, yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, the point is that that broadly speaking, just prohibiting the manufacture of this one product or maybe a couple of you know kind of ingredient products effectively prohibited. Quaaludes from getting to the streets. Yeah, but you and, also couldn't 3D print a Quaalude, and you can 3D print a gun now. <laughs> you know, I, I, mean, I yeah, but I I don't think that you can 3D print like an AR-15. They're they're pretty sure. complicated, pretty complicated uh, guns. And you know, I'm I'm not even necessarily for full gun prohibition. Um, you know, I I think that. Hunting, target, you know, sport shooting, uh, uh, even, you know, home defense. These are all reasonable reasons to, to have a firearm. But there are certain classes of weapons that it seems completely ridiculous for people to own. Like, you know, a repeating rifle with a 30-round magazine. You know, nobody uses that for hunting. Really, the only people who want it are people who just think it's fun to shoot a machine gun. And the people who want to do horrific shit and you know neither of those is a good enough reason for me to uh you know say like well you know it's infringing on somebody's freedom that that we keep manufacturing this anyway that was the argument was if we wanted to keep these guns from spreading any further than they have already because i agree you know you can't put the animals back in the barn once the barn's on fire or whatever but uh you know what you could do is you know, Florida guy bought his gun just recently, just like in the past couple of months. And if he hadn't been able to do that, yeah, 
someone might object, well, he would have just found other weapons to use. But it's considerably harder to pull off the level of carnage and mayhem that he did with like a couple of handguns, um, you know, right. lower range, smaller, uh, smaller magazine capacity. Uh, you know, I, I think that's a thing that at least would be worth starting on. Cause at I this mean, point, like who's, who's defending civilian ownership of, of an AR 15. It's just, it's just the most extreme gun nuts. I mean, do you have to have a license to own a gun? I don't even know. I mean, I'm so removed from gun yeah, culture, I, but it just seems like if you have to have a license to drive a car, then you've got to have, you know, to own something that could kill somebody. I mean, there's all kinds of things that can be done. Yeah, but sure, we're not sure. going to. Uh, another another option is to uh, require gun owners to carry um, like gun insurance where. Uh, you know, the same way we do with a car insurance, if your car ends up causing, you know, property or, uh, personal damage, then you've been paying for some coverage for, uh, maybe we should, you know, for, start for that eventuality. Insurance. Yeah. I mean, I, I think gun insurance would be a good thing to, to mandate. Honestly, I, I think another way to do it would be to, you know, right now, say I had an AR 15 and I'm. You know, I'm wanting to spend that money on, uh, I don't know, CDs since they're they're going out of Best Buy at this point. And I got to right. make sure I'm stocked up. You know, I could post on Craigslist. I've got this AR-15 for sale. Meet a guy down in the Walmart parking lot. Give it to him. Take cash for it. There's no record of that transaction. I don't have to do a background check on him or anything like that. You know, that's that's an issue as well. You know, that's that's the whole like gun show loophole where, you know, it's uh, I, I, I don't know exactly how it works, but, you know, effectively. The the requirements for doing background checks are, are much lower because it's sure. just citizens selling guns to citizens. Right. I mean, there are solutions out there. Again, none of them will happen. And. And it's a political thing, and I know it ultimately always yeah. is. Um, well, I think that's why it's important for people to be looking at the, at least the like NRA donation records for the people that they're voting for. And, right. You know, and if if uh, progressives, people who don't want kids to get shot in schools, make a big deal about it every time that you know, this person has voted in favor of NRA proposals or voted down gun reform laws this many times. This is how much money the NRA gave them. And this is how many kids have died since the last time we ran, ran this ad. You know, right. I think that that could be effective toward getting people into Congress. who would be more willing to, you know, crack down on, you know, the second amendment doesn't guarantee your right to an AR 15. I mean, at best it guarantees your right to a muzzle loaded musket. Right, but like in Nebraska, I mean, Senator uh, Brooks, Panzin Brooks, she introduced, um, uh, I think it was like a ban on bump stocks and also silencers, and that shit fell okay. flat. I mean, oh yeah, sure. I, I don't but know again, what the like, end result was, but but like, but you're in one of the most conservative states in the country, right? But also. we, but also a state that has had a school shooting and also had you know, a mass shooting within the last decade. So yeah, that's right. The, the South road shooting or the, uh, uh, sorry, crossroads. Yeah. Crossroads mall. West, West roads, West roads. I can't keep my roads straight. Right. Right. West roads mall shooting. All yeah. roads lead to shooting in America. <laughs> yeah, so, apparently. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, and, and I think that's, I know that there are people who say like, look, Sandy hook was the end of this discussion because Sandy hook was, I mean, it was, not that the not that the kids in Florida weren't what you and I would consider children, but it wasn't like elementary school, you know, angels, you know, uh, right. And people will say, you know, Sandy Hook was when this discussion died because if America was willing to tolerate that, they'll be, you know, then they're never going to change at all. And I don't think that's true. I think that I think people kind of got numb 
after that. And then more things happen and the Las Vegas shooting happens and the, the Pulse nightclub. And I think it is starting to really wear on people to even be like apathetic because they can't, they can't deal with it. Right. You know? it, but, but again, I mean, the people don't matter. We're talking about the politicians that matter and the politicians, even at <laughs> one of the mass shootings was a congressional softball match. And sure. A bunch of Republicans were out on the field when this dude got shot or when right. this dude was shooting people. So it's like, even when your own people are getting shot, and you can't see it, even when it's you know angelic white kids in an elementary school, and, or I mean, and I don't mean it like that, but no, no, I I understand what you're saying. When I mean, it, the, when it's the was... most photogenic, when it's the most newsworthy, you know, the Jean right. Benet syndrome yeah. or whatever, sure, you know, sure. um, when those things happen, that is pretty much the end of it. Because because right now we're in a we're in a state in this country where capitalism rules everything and it's ruling it right into oblivion and money equals speech. And because yeah. of those things, this will happen even if 80% of Americans are in favor of um, background checks or in favor of stricter evaluations or something like that like even if they're in favor of eliminating bump stocks th this won't happen because of all these other mechanisms that are now built into the broken system so yeah well but but i'll tell you what though i mean even on that because uh just right right before we started recording i was looking at this this article that uh cbs news posted um, about the, uh, so pretty close after his inauguration, uh, Donald Trump signed the it's house joint resolution 40, which was <clears throat> people made a big deal out, out of it at the time too. It was the bill that made it, that, that took away some of the restrictions on, uh, people with documented mental health issues. Right. Um, being able to, to get guns. Right. Uh, and CBS uh, apparently has been contacting them for the picture of the signing ceremony mm -hmm. of that. And after like a dozen requests, finally, Sarah Huckabee Sanders shoots back. We don't plan to release the picture at this time. It's like, well, no shit. Right. But my point is, if it weren't Donald Trump in office, you know, if, if it had been a Democrat, probably that bill wouldn't have been signed. So, you know, the the way that we vote, the people that we put into office absolutely uh, influence this. And maybe the, the focus needs to be for people who really want to see school shootings come to an end in this country. But maybe the focus needs to be on retaking the government first. Well, that's and absolutely... Then Part and then talking about specific policies, you know, because well, I think even a lot, I think even a lot of um, progressives aren't in favor of absolute gun abolition in this country, you know, and, and certainly there are a lot of uh, activists of color who aren't in favor of that because oh, for sure they see that it's just giving up whatever power they might have against you know a corrupt uh, law enforcement mechanism. And honestly, I'm fine. Like. I'm in favor of that. Like, I'm not necessarily in favor of getting rid of guns, and I definitely sympathize and empathize with people of color and disenfranchised groups that have historically had a need to protect themselves with guns. Sure. But I don't feel like white nationalists are part of that group, <laughs> you know? Like, I no, don't no, feel... And, and I I mean, I, I think I think I've made my position pretty clear in previous episodes that I, I do think that there needs to be... Um, you know, a rewrite to the First Amendment, at least to exclude people who want to fundamentally destroy, you know, values of this nation, including, you know, representative democracy. Like they don't want that anymore. They want, you know, a, an autocratic state authority, which is, I think the fundamentally, I think it's the most un-American thing uh, mm -hmm. that, that you could that you could advocate for. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean like fascists, I don't believe that they should have 
First Amendment rights, even if I have to acknowledge that they do currently, you know. But again, that's that's a thing where you're trying to fix the government um, instead of doing this sort of uh, like piecemeal, uh, you know, piecemeal legislation on various aspects of a problem when most of the government is opposed to trying to put those reforms through at all. You know, probably the thing that we need to do first is replace the government. Well, 100 percent. I mean, and I think that, you know, if certain people, you talk about the difference between Obama and Trump, that being that Obama wouldn't have signed that bill, I don't think that that bill would have even gotten to his table if, you know, if he was in power type of thing. Not, yeah, sure. The, the House wouldn't have wasted their time trying to... Right. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Trying to play that shit, so... You know, I mean, Bernie Sanders would have made this all better. Just kidding. But, <laughs> you know, uh, this is one of those things where it's just funny watching, you know, I hate saying you know all the time, but you hate watching this machine happen and th like the thoughts and prayers machine happen. Yeah. And it's always from the same people. And uh, that's that's where I think. That's where I was saying before that people are losing their patience for this. I've seen a lot more traction on at least social media messaging on let's name and shame the people who take all of this money from the NRA, you know, and I think that over time that does build up people's consciousness that Marco Rubio is at least he, he has his fingers in this. He has a he has his finger in this pie because he's been opposed to any kind of sensible gun reform. Well, and hey, as long as as long as that's the case, this shit can keep happening in Florida for all I care. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I I feel for people that are in Florida like innocent people, of course, 100%. But at the same time, you're voting in a guy that received hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars from various gun lobbying groups. And you're not safe down there. You're not safe at all. Right. I mean, it's, yeah. I feel bad because yeah, well, no kid, I mean, the kids can't vote. So none of these kids, it's not like, well, you voted for an asshole. This is what you deserve. Of course not. That's that's not it. Uh, no, no, certainly. But, man, you know, you you start thinking in your head, is there any kind of group of people that if they were attacked with guns that this would change and you know short of shooting up a state of the union address i don't see that happening so yeah no i i, I don't disagree the the congress i mean certainly the republicans in congress have been intransigent to the point of it being a crime against humanity as far as i'm concerned mm -hmm. you know i mean the the shooting that we had here in texas at the that church you know, that was that was mostly, you know, well off white, you know, like middle class white people. And that didn't it didn't seem to really move the needle around here, at least as far as what you would what you would think when people talk about it in public. But I think people talk about it in private more. Sure. And <laughs> you, if you keep reminding them that, you know, part of the reason that we have this problem, that we had this shooting in this church was because our our gun laws aren't sensible, you know, that people have the ability to access guns that they shouldn't. And that's why you end up with these tragedies. Didn't didn't y'all just have a shooting down in Fort Worth like this last week or so? Oh geez, maybe. <laughs> I mean it's it's become it's become impossible to it, keep it was like five dudes at a gaming store or something. Like uh I'm going to pull it up here. Um, I completely missed this. Yeah. I think I've got it saved. Five heavily armed men, including one in a clown mask, shoot up Fort Worth game room. This was in the Star Telegram. That's bizarre. I don't know how Do I you missed see this. this. Yeah. Do you yeah, have it up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and you know what? This is how you missed it is because... Florida happened. I mean, multiple, 
mass shootings happened oh, this God, week. You're right. That's exactly how I missed it. That's that's the thing. It's like if it's under like four or five, people are like ah, you know, because there's one that's over a dozen. But yeah. Now was this uh this doesn't look like a politically motivated thing. It looks no, like, it looks uh, like a robbery, but yeah, just a big robbing well, a game store. To be fair, we don't even know that the the shooting in Florida was a political thing. The white nationalists that went on the media had mentioned that this guy had girl issues, and we know that right. he did because he was expelled from school for fighting with his ex-girlfriend's current boyfriend. Oh, okay. So, you know, there's an, there's an entire possibility that it wasn't politically motivated at all. It's just that the the political ideology of this guy mixed with all these other things was a recipe for something that people were uh, rightfully concerned with. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. And that, that raises an interesting point about how uh, people have really focused on the, the political alignment of, of the shooter when I don't think that, I think that's putting the, putting the cart before the horse a little bit because without even having to know whether he was, excuse me, without even having to know whether he was a registered Democrat, like there was a, uh, I guess debunked voter registration form going around that looked like he was a registered Democrat. Um, right. We know that this isn't the kind of behavior that you would expect from a 19 year old, you know, that it, it's still, it's still tied up in, a culture of violence and, you know, masculinity as action and the sort of lone wolf or cowboy or vigilante style justice. That's part of our, part of our culture and the way that those messages are transmitted to young men, you know, with Mm. the exception of the Vegas shooter, most of the mass shootings in this country are committed by men that we would consider young, you know, they're in their, uh, Mm late late teens maybe up through 30 or something although the guy that shot the softball match was like in his 50s as well so oh yeah yeah that's a good point still though i think i think the on average the stats do bear out that you know it's it's more young men than than it is older men doing this kind of stuff <laughs> and it's always men too i mean that's that's a thing that people have a hard time addressing and if you try to bring it up in these conversations uh, you know, the, the usual crowd of objectors are going to say, Oh, you're just trying to demonize all men or, you know, but you know, this is also the like facts and logic crowd and the facts and logic of this situation is all of our mass shooters are men. You know, why is that? Mm-hmm. We should be able to have that conversation. What is it about, you know, men in this country, the way that we transmit masculinity and you know the, through through our society and interpersonal relationships to people where it's men that commit these things because to them it seems like uh, an option worth taking mm-hmm. yeah just getting that 15 minutes fame they think it's worth it or something i don't know yeah you know when you're you're at your wits end and you know you decide that you're you know our our culture is all about big blazes of glory and you know going out being the you know the one um you know like the the one pure soldier standing tall shit there's a like a famous captain america panel that gets passed around by people of all political persuasions because it makes us feel very american where he's saying you know when the whole world is against you and you know what's right you know you're the one who says like no i won't move you move and everybody mm. loves it because it's so very Captain America, which is to say it's very America to have that sort of attitude. But that's a that's an ideology that can be turned to all sorts of purposes. You know, it's it's okay when Cap says it because we knew he's a good guy. Or at right. least until he a Nazi, I guess. But <laughs> right. uh, but that that doesn't apply <laughs> equally for everybody of every political persuasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I don't know what's going to happen, man. Well, I mean, we we pretty much, based on the recent history, we know what's going to happen. But yeah, I don't know. Well, so. I mean, if if there's any if there's any kind of a 
uh, I'm not going to call it a silver lining. I'm not going to call it a high note. I am going to call it one positive thing that came out of this was watching some of the students on social media get into uh, the replies of people who were saying, can we just not politicize this? Can, you know, can we just like let the victims grieve, you know, before we start talking about, you know, gun control and you know, this is just agenda pushing and these kids who had been through something that you and I can only imagine are also out there going, you know what? Shut the fuck up. I just watched a whole bunch of my friends get killed and I'm going to talk about the politics of this. I'm going to talk about guns. I'm going to talk about mental health. Sure. You know, you don't have the right to tell me that I can't politicize the thing that I just went through that you're sitting, you know, Tommy Laren sitting in a TV studio someplace, you know, tweeting something in between takes uh, that she has nothing to do with at all. Right. And, you know, somebody somebody saying, like, it is about guns, you you know, you hell bitch or something like that. And <laughs> right. know, that, gets, that gets retweeted 500,000 times. Well, and yeah. I mean, they don't have the right to vote. They have the right. They should be able to say something, obviously. But yeah, absolutely. uh, But what people should also be doing is now that we have so fucking many of these, maybe when they say now is not the right time to talk about the shooting, talk about the most immediate one before say now is the right time to talk about that one or the one before that. And no, every perfect. single fucking time, because it's never the right time to talk about the current one, but it's definitely the right time to talk about the one before that or the one before yeah, I, that. You know, I love that. Right. Because I mean, the sort of the conventional joke going around about it is they always say, can we wait a day or two, mm-hmm. you know, before we start talking about the politics? But now they're happening more frequently than every, every two point five days. Right. Every two point, which means. Yeah. Which means there's there's maybe like 12 hours in the middle of the night. Uh, every three days that you can talk about one of these things before mm-hmm. the next one happens. So I love that going like, like, no, I, I wanted to talk about gun control because of the last mass shoot. I'm not, I'm not talking about Florida. I'm talking yeah. about this other one. Exactly. Start. That's, that's genius. <clears throat> I love it. And, you know, hold people in town halls because, and just be like, Hey, don't be an insensitive asshole. I don't want to talk about this shooting. I want to talk about the last one, you know, and put them right. in that position, hold their feet to the fire. I do since we're going to have guns in in these societies we might as well have a high note of somebody using their guns sort of for good okay but um it, Brazilian it was an article let's see uh on <laughs> my joy online Brazilian drug dealer kidnaps medical staff makes them vaccinate community against yellow fever so, I mean, you know, this guy took his guns and said, enough's enough of yellow fever in my community. You know? Right. Uh, so, that was apparently the case of Salguero, one of the poorest regions of Rio de Janeiro. And this dude, let's see, decided to speed up the process by using a very familiar technique, kidnapping. So, <laughs> you know. And honestly, that... I mean, we America, we love that movie John Q, where Denzel Washington goes into you know the hospital, locks the place down with one gun, and sure. you know gets that heart surgery for his kid. This guy is like you know no soccer style is you know you kidnap soccer players in other countries. Sometimes you even kidnap their parents and you get the ransom and you go back. You know you go back right, your way right. and. So kidnap the yeah, doctor. That's, that's just a grift, but to, yeah, to actually <laughs> kidnap the people who are are withholding a, a necessary service. I mean, that, I mean that's that's a that's an argument against gun control in this country, right? Because I think by the time all of our social services have been gutted to the point where this is going to you know, happen in America, yeah, dude, this absolutely. is going to be this is going to be the next norm. Is when people are going in and saying, I will shoot this hospital up if I don't get this knee surgery right now or something. You know, I mean, not knee surgery, but uh, my family is sick. So who do I have to shoot here to get to get a doctor in the house? So, right. Yeah. um, Well, I mean, Americans do love Robin Hood also. So maybe that'll maybe that'll play well. Right. Although. (laughs) 
Can you imagine? Okay, imagine this dude saying, okay, I just kidnapped this doctor and brought him in, and then have half your community be like, um, we're with the anti-vaccine community. Oh we, my God. We, heard, <laughs> we heard that these yellow fever shots um, caused autism or something, you know, like just ridiculous <laughs> bullshit. I mean, no, they're like, give me that medicine right now, you know, but yeah, I don't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> I saw that and I was like, well, at least somebody's using a gun for good around here. I'm so sick right. of this shit. <laughs> but yeah. That all right. that's well, just wild. Man, that's it's been it's been a difficult uh, you know, thirty six hours. Like I said, we're we're recording this on uh February the fifteenth. So it's just been Thursday. a little over a day since uh since the shooting. But you know, and it's it's been a difficult conversation. Um, yeah. but I'm glad to get the chance to talk to you about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, likewise. And, you know, with these kind of things, even with the situation with Dan Cleave and everybody else, it's, uh, it's a thing where my position is always kind of evolving a little bit. You know, it's kind of tweaking. And I think a day from now, my position might have evolved even more so right you know i'm well, sure i think a lot of us are in that boat sure you know and more facts will come out and yeah you know maybe we'll have to get back on the microphones and and drop some more knowledge or something so <laughs> i'm here for it yeah so cool 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 well thanks to everybody yeah thanks we're everybody at liquid uh, channel on twitter at liquid at shaggy Sutro. i'm at math weight that's right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.